I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture, uh, John chapter 10 and Psalm 23. We'll start at John 10, so open to John chapter 10, and then put a marker at Psalm 23. If you're only going to go to one Scripture, go to Psalm 23, because we'll spend most of our time in Psalm 23. And I want to welcome all the campuses and all the affiliate churches. Uh, we're in a series called Jesus. We've talked about how that Jesus uh, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that He's a builder that he was building before uh, us, that he was building when he was on this earth, that he is still building today and will build tomorrow in your life. We talked about how a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, he, he was a human when he came to this earth. You remember that? And wasn't that a great message, how the Lord just showed us, hey, I can relate because I became a human. And then last week, uh, Pastor John uh, even took us to another level of his humanity and said, listen, not only did he become a human, but he became the lowest rank of a human. Uh, so he could relate to everything that, that we go through. And so this week, the title of the message is The Shepherd, The Shepherd, that Jesus is a shepherd. Now, the Bible depicts uh, the church in many different ways, but let me just give you three of them. Uh, it depicts the church as a family, it depicts the church as a fellowship, and it depicts the church as a flock, uh, uh, a family, a fellowship, and a flock. And Psalm 100 verse 3 says, we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So we're sheep and He is our shepherd. Look, look at John 10 now, verse, John chapter 10 verse 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. I, I like that wording because he didn't say, I'm like a shepherd. He said, I am a shepherd. I am a shepherd. Not only am I a shepherd, I'm a good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, and we know he did that. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming. That's referring to Satan. So is the thief, the thief and the wolf, same thing. He sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. He, there he says it again. He repeats himself. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. Now, I, I don't know if you've thought about this much, but um, I'm glad he's a shepherd because I'm a sheep. And I don't know how much you know about sheep but they can't do much without a shepherd. We need a shepherd, and he's a good one. So, Psalm 23, probably one of the most famous psalms in all the Bible. Uh, if you haven't memorized it, you might want to memorize it. It's good to memorize Scripture, and Psalm 23 is very easy to memorize. Um, it's just six verses. I remember not long after I memorized it, uh, I went to the dentist, and uh, when the dentist was, you know, doing his thing in, you know, to my teeth, uh, I remember thinking, I wish I had something to take my mind off of this because it's worse if I think about it. And so uh, I, I just memorized Psalm 23. And so I remember just quoting Psalm 23, making sure I could get it uh, in my mind and then going through it piece by piece and allowing the Lord to speak to me. And that's actually what we're going to do today. I, I, no dentists are going to do anything while I'm talking. But I'm going to just take you through it, and I'm going to outline it. And you know how I like three points, but I've got three sub-points under each point. 
So I'm going to just outline what a good shepherd Jesus is and from Psalm 23. And here's number one, uh, he provides. This is what a good shepherd does. Number one, he provides. Now look at the first three verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now th th this word want is a little confusing because we think of wants, but what it means in the Hebrew is actually lack. I shall not lack. I, I won't need anything because the shepherd provides everything I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Okay, I just want you to notice that David begins this psalm with that the Lord is a shepherd, so he's a provider. That's really what he's saying. He provides what we need. And here at the South Lake campus, Pastor Josh shared a moment ago, uh, he doesn't always give us what we want, he gives us what we need. When you think about it, the Jewish people wanted a political leader, but they needed a savior. So a good shepherd gives you what you need. He is a provider. And I want to show you these three things uh, beneath this. By the way, I want to say to all of you, uh, I, I am so, so proud of you for receiving the Blessed Life message and for being givers and tithers because the first step of faith to, un to, to stating to God that you believe He's your provider is to bring the first 10% to the house of God, to tithe. That's, that is a step of faith. When you tithe, you're saying, I believe that, that you're my provider. So let me show you these uh, three things under. So if you're taking notes, you might want to. Here's the, the first one, under he provides, uh, and it's these two words, he makes. He makes. Uh, look, look again at verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still water. Green pastures and still waters. Every believer's life should be characterized by these two things, and let me give a little definition of them, contentment and peace. Contentment, green pastures for sheep would be contentment, and still waters represent peace. By the way, you might not have ever thought about this, but this is why, this is one of the reasons why you attend church. Did you know that? One of the reasons you attend church is so, is so you can sit beside the still waters in worship and eat from the green pastures during the Word. Think about that. Those two reasons. And, by the way, I've said this before, um, I don't want you to be an internet member. Now, if you're watching my internet, don't turn the computer off, all right? That's okay. That's great. And if you don't live here, that's great. That's fine. But if you live here, uh, it, it, the internet service is for when you're out of town, you're on vacation, you're sick, kids are sick, something like that. Here's the reason, because we need to come together. And when we come together, something happens in the presence of God. You think about it in worship, that is sitting beside still waters. You can be in the midst of a storm, and that storm will calm for just a few moments in the midst of worship. And then we eat from a green pasture. We, I, I, for our men's summit, I interviewed one of our members who's uh, one of the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, he, he said this to all the men. He said, when I'm in town, I'm here. I'm in the service. And when I'm out of town on the road, um, then I watch on the internet. 
And that's what I want for, for all of us to do. Um, he, he makes, and now I, I want to just key in on these two words just for a moment. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Has he ever had to make you lie down? <laughs> are, are you a person that you just always have to be doing something, always have to be busy? Uh, I, I, I have felt that before. And what I've realized is, is that he has to make me lie down in green pastures. And I'm, I'm learning to, that it's okay to lie down and it's okay to sit beside still waters. It's okay to do that. Uh, the Lord gave me the analogy that I'm like a, a fuel truck like an 18-wheeler fuel truck that you see that goes around and fills up gas stations. And the Lord said, you know, you do that. You, you fill up people. When you preach and teach, you're filling others up. But he said, you hate to go back to the refinery and get filled up yourself. Now, I'm not talking about study and, and prayer. I love that part, but just the resting part. He said, you don't like to do that because you're just sitting around. You feel like you're just doing nothing. And the Lord said to me, I designed you to rest so that you can do what I need you to do. So, First of all, under he provides is he makes. Here's the second one is he restores. Verse 3 says he restores my soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, let me uh, say something. Have you, ever, have you ever said, I was crushed when? You know, I was crushed when my spouse walked out on me. I was crushed when one of my children uh, did this. I was crushed when I lost my job. What you're actually saying is my soul was crushed. And here's what I want you to know. I believe in counseling, I believe in ministry, but it's the Lord that restores our soul through that counseling and through that ministry. And He's the only one, the shepherd's the only one who can restore your soul. No one else can. And then the, the third under He provides is He leads. He leads. Verse 3 says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Uh, it, it's amazing to me how God leads me. Righteousness means right standing with God. I'm put in right standing with God through grace, but I also want to walk in right standing with God. I, I, I want to be pleasing to the Lord. I want to stay in close fellowship with the Lord. And so He leads me in the right way to go. And I want you to know something about this word, leads. Um, shepherds never drive sheep. They lead sheep. By the way, sheep are undrivable. <laughs> now, you, you can drive them, and sometimes you have to herd them, and there are sheep dogs, but the best way for sheep is to lead them. I have a friend of mine that when he graduated from seminary, before he went to pastor his first church, he wanted to go live for a year in Israel. And so he lived one year in Israel before he pastored. I thought that was a great thing to do. Part of that time, he lived with a shepherd, and he just helped him. And he said that uh, the first time it ever happened, it just shocked him. The shepherd said, we're going to the lake country to feed the sheep. And so they just took off. And the shepherd had this way, this, this noise he would make. Uh, you just kind of like, hey -oh! you know, kind of like that. And these sheep would just follow. And so they took off. And he had between 1,500 and 2,000 sheep. And when they got there, there were uh, 8 to 10 other shepherds there. There were 15 to 20,000 sheep in this huge valley. And after a while, they'd sit around and talk to shepherds. Then one of them said, you know, I need to head back. I've got a pretty long way. And he made his sound, and about 1,500 to 2,000 sheep lifted their heads up out of all these sheep. And this shepherd starts walking, and they start following him. And then the next one did it, and then the next one, the next one, until this guy, his shepherd was the last one. When he lifted his voice up, his sheep started to follow him. And this, this pastor 
looked back, and there was not one sheep left. And he said, out of all the times we did it, never did a sheep follow the wrong shepherd, and never did a sheep get left in the pasture. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and they won't follow another one. See, he, he leads us, but he leads us. He doesn't drive us. He leads us. So he, he provides. Here's number two. He protects. He protects. Look, look at verse, uh, verses four and five. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This is where I get the protection from. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's where I get the word protection here out of this passage. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Here's what David says, even through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, death is the biggest fear for humans. And people, people sometimes disagree with that. And they say, no, no, I'll tell you what I fear. I fear snakes. No, you fear getting bitten by a snake and dying. <laughs> no, no, pastor, my biggest fear is heights. No, you fear falling and dying. It's death. And here's what Jesus does. He takes the biggest fear we have and he annihilates it because he conquered death. <laughs> and that's what next weekend's all about. So there's some things he does. And let me, let me give you these three sub points here uh, under he protects. He is with us in the battle. He is with us in the battle. Uh, verse 24 says, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, the, the greatest thing is that he's with us in the battle. He's with us. And then he makes this statement, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I want you to think about that. Why would his rod and his staff comfort the sheep? Well, it's really simple because he doesn't use his rod and his staff on us. He doesn't hit the sheep. He hits the wolf. He uses his rod and his staff on the wolf. That's why we're comforted when we see the rod and the staff. You wouldn't be comforted if he hit you with it. You know, I, I never said to my dad, your paddle and your belt, they comfort me. <laughs> they never comforted me. <laughs> and I needed every spanking I got, by the way. And, and yes, God chastises us, but he doesn't hit us. He hit his son for us. He bruised. It pleased him to bruise his son for us is what the Bible says. That's how much he loves you. He uses, though, the rod, though, to beat, let me use Texan, to beat the snot out of the wolf. <laughs> he takes care of the wolf. Listen, what, what's the wolf afraid of? He's afraid of the shepherd. He's not afraid of you. A wolf is not afraid of a sheep. He's afraid of the shepherd. You know what that means? You ought to be right beside the shepherd. You ought to be right beside his leg. You know, kind of like those stupid cats are when you go visit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said stupid. <clears throat> but you know how a cat, you know, when it gets hair on your pants, you know? And the, and the woman, it's always the woman. You know, the woman thinks that's, she's, oh, he likes you. Yeah, I like you too, but I'm not rubbing my back against your leg, lady. Come on. Put your cat outdoors when I come over. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Okay, all right. Edit, edit. So he's with us in the battle. All right, here's number two. I need to move on. He blesses us in the battle. He blesses us in the battle. This is incredible. This is incredible. Look look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We would prefer that you prepare a table after you kill my enemies. But he says in the presence. You want to know why? Because he's not afraid of them. I want you to see this picture in your mind of Jesus sitting down at a table in the middle of a battlefield with a white tablecloth and candlesticks serving you a great meal with 20-foot angels all around you. He's not afraid of any of them. And you know, you've seen it in the movies, you know, the guy's standing there and he's cool, James Bond or whatever, and somebody comes out of nowhere, you know, that's Jesus, you understand? In real life. He blesses us even in the middle of a battle. Okay, and please hear me. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes he calms the storm. But sometimes he calms the child. Sometimes he just calms you, even in the midst of the storm. And here's the the third thing of how he protects us. He refreshes us in the battle. The very next verse, verse 5, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Uh, oil, it represents two things in Scripture, obviously the Holy Spirit, but I'm, I'm saying the, the uh, effects of oil. Let me say it that way. Refreshing and strength. That's what oil represents, the, the, re, uh, the effects of it. Oil refreshes you and strengthens you. The Holy Spirit refreshes you and strengthens you. So in the midst of the battle, he's going to refresh you and strengthen you. And the way he strengthens you is your cup runs over. It's not like the guy, you know, uh, in the, you see in the movies that with a, a canteen that says, just drink just a little bit. Just take a little sip. Jesus pours your cup until it just runs over. He, he refreshes you. Um, now, I want, I want to say something before I go to point three. We're talking about that the shepherd protects and provides for us. Now, let me tell you why that's good news. Because contrary to your arrogant thoughts, you cannot protect yourself and you cannot provide for yourself. It is good news that you have a shepherd. I can remember one of the first times that I was halfway across the world and I just talked to Debbie on the telephone and she told me one of our kids was sick. And I thought, I can't do anything about it. And the Lord said to me so gently, I can when you're not there, son, I'm there. And there's something that, that all of us as parents feel, that we are the protectors and the providers. You ever feel that? I have to protect them. I have to provide for them. Do you realize how much peace you would have to understand you're not the protector and you're not the provider? I, uh, my sons, Josh and James, my son-in-law, Ethan, down here, they're all down here in the front row. And um, I remember it started with Josh that when he got married, I said to him, son, I want you to to know something. Uh, You're not the shepherd. You don't have to protect and you don't have to provide. Contrary to popular 
philosophy. You're not the provider of your home. And if you ever start feeling like you have to provide, you'll get stressed out. Now, you work. You work hard. But God's the provider. And, and with, with uh, I have to say, with Josh and James, it was easier than with Elaine. Because with sons, now some of you haven't come to this yet and some of you have, but with sons, when sons come home and say, Dad, I found a wife, way to go, son. Good job. Went out in the world, lassoed one, way to go, caught one, great. Great. Way to go, buddy. But you raise sons to send. You raise them up to send them out. You raise daughters to give. It's different. And Ethan came along, fine young man, great provider, great guy. But there was something that I was giving that responsibility to him. Fathers feel that. But guys, I want to tell you something. Please hear me. You'll get very stressed out if you don't realize you're just the conduit. And he's the protector. He's the provider. He's the shepherd. Are you following me? This is a better sermon than you think it is, by the way. <laughs> just want you to know. Listen, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about how good Jesus is. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is your shepherd. And that's good news. That's good news. Here's number three. He promises. This is good. He promises. He promises to provide for you and protect you. Look at verse 6. Surely. This word surely means certainly. It's, a, it's certain. It's a fact is what the, the word means. I wish I had time to explain words to you a little more because I love words so much. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me sum up Psalm 23 for you. All this and eternity too. That's what that just said. All this and I get to go to heaven too. All right, let me give you the three things, and I'm just going to give them to you. I'm not going to comment on all three of them. But it's goodness, mercy, and eternal life. That's what verse 6 says. That's what he promises. That is what God promises, goodness, mercy, and eternal life. And listen to this. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. It's really not, follow is not a good translation of this word. It, this, this word in the Hebrew means chase. It's that, many times it's actually translated chase. Surely goodness and mercy shall chase me. I want to tell you something. Goodness and mercy has been chasing you your whole life if you just slow down. And, by the way, if you're running from God, I want you to know something. Judgment, God's judgment is not chasing you. God's goodness is chasing you. Just stop running. Just, just, just stop running. Every one of us that we've had this happen to, listen, one day when I was 19 in a motel room, I just stopped running. And God's goodness caught me. And His mercy caught me. Goodness and mercy will chase you your whole life. And this is the promise. Let me show you a couple of scriptures. 1 John 2, 25. And this is the promise that He has promised us. Eternal life. That's a promise. If you, did, if you missed out on the grace series, you need to hear it because so many people still don't believe we're saved by grace and grace alone. This is the promise that He has promised us, eternal life. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. 
Let me tell you one more thing about our shepherd. Remember we talked about him becoming human. Our shepherd became a sheep. But don't forget what happened to our shepherd when he became a sheep. Isaiah 53 verse 7 says, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. By the way, preview, next week's message, the lamb. He's the lamb. He's the lamb of God. Now I want to show you a scripture that I, you, mean, you know how I love the Old Testament. I don't believe there's anything you can show me in the new I can't show you in the old. I just love it, a type of it. Jesus came among us. I want you to remember that. He came among us, right? He became one of us, but he came among us. And I want you to think about the day he was among us, the time he was among us, and the day he was crucified. Do you remember what happened that day? It became a dark day, a cloudy and dark day. And we're talking about Jesus as a shepherd, right? And we're the sheep. Okay, I want to show you one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 34 verse 12 says, as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and a dark day. <laughs> is that good? Jesus said, listen, I'm coming. I'm going to come, and all my sheep that have been scattered, I'm going to deliver you from everything that's held you in bondage. And you'll know when I do it, because it'll be a cloudy and a dark day that day. He's a good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to just take a moment like we do at the end of every message, every campus, every affiliate church. Just take a moment. Just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Just take a moment. Just say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? One of the things that the Lord might be speaking to all of us is about stress, anxiety, worry, fear. I want you to know you have a good shepherd. You have a good shepherd. He promises to protect you and provide for you. <laughs> I hope you can remember that. He promises to protect you and provide for you. Our job, by the way, though, is to know His voice and follow Him. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you. We, we want to pray for you. No matter which campus you're attending, if you're in an overflow room, we want to pray for you. So in just a moment, at every campus, we're going to have one more worship song. And if you need prayer for any area of your life, any area of your life, job, finances, health, family, your relationship with God, if you need prayer for any area of your life, as soon as we stand up at every campus, you just stand up. We'll all stand up in just a moment. And during this worship song, we ask that no one leave unless you have an emergency. We understand that. But if you, if, if you need prayer for any area, then, then you just slip to the aisle of the room where you are or the campus where you are and just come to the front and there are going to be people here to pray for you. At every campus, at every overflow room, we'll be here. We'll be available to pray for you. We want to pray for you. So don't leave without being prayed for. Everybody needs prayer. Don't ever be embarrassed for coming for prayer because we all need prayer. So if you need prayer for any 
area of your life, as soon as we stand up, you just stand up, step out and come, and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person at every campus that needs prayer in Jesus' name.